Hey everybody, I certainly do just appreciate the opportunity to share the Word of God with you today. Thank you to George and Leanne and to the Harvest team and crew there. Uh, thanks for having me in and I uh, do wish I could be with you. But these are the days we're living in and so we're doing the best we can. But coming to you from Denver, Colorado here in the United States. I do trust you staying safe and sane in this insane time and season that's happening around the world. And again, just a real privilege for me to be able to share God's Word with you. I wonder if you have a Bible, if you can turn with me, please, to the book of Hebrews. And we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 13. Uh, these are insane days. And I realize, friends, that all of us are in the same storm. I think it's important that we understand we're not all in the same boat. We are all in the same storm, but we're all in different boats. And I mean that because what's happening is it's a global thing and everybody's been shut down, but everybody's finding new ways in God and finding uh, that different lockdown and lifting up and uh, different ways of opening up. And then why I'm saying that is because we, it's not a one size fits all. It's our same God, our same King, but we're all going to find these ways in God for our local churches and to be able to function in the ways of what God has for us. And so I really want to say that the truths that I'm bringing this to you today are unchanging truths, but you as a people, as God's people in your region, in Durban, in KZN, in South Africa, have to find these ways of working this out and uh, staying true to, to the call and the mandate that God's given you as Harvest Church. And so again, it's just a great privilege to be able to share some of these truths to you and with you. Uh, it's almost like God has brought a mirror to the church. It's like everything we've been giving ourselves to and being involved in globally, it's like there's a mirror that's been uh, kind of brought up to us now and we're looking in the mirror. And can I say it's not all bad? There, there's a lot of good. I hope you can see that. It's not that everything has to be adjusted and changed. But there are some things. When you look in the mirror, you can see what is good. But also you can see some of the things that need to be adjusted. I think the best way I can describe what's happening is it's almost like the makeup of the church has been removed. And now it's time for the church to reveal the heart, the true heart of who Jesus is. And what it is we've been called to. And so let's not be quick to put all the makeup back on and cover up all the blemishes. Let's deal with some of the things that need to be dealt with. And let's be the church that God's called us to be. And let's understand these days are good days. Even the uncertainty, even the unknowns, they are good days. And God's in absolute control. And He's doing everything He said He would do. And I trust it will be helpful to you as we share some of these things. There's so many unknowns in this season. There's so many uncertainties in this season. There's so many things changing. And let's be honest, most of us don't like change. And the reason we don't like change is because we like to be in control. We like to be in the know. We need certainty. It was Mark Twain who said that nobody likes change except for a wet baby. And I think that's probably true right now. And I think while many of us are struggling in this time and season, if we're honest, is because all this change that's taking place it brings uncertainty. It brings, we just want to know, we want to be in the know, and we want to know what it's all about. We like to be in control. We like certainty. And, and I, I just want to say the God of the mountain is still the God in the valley. That, that's not a cliche. That needs to be the reality for all of us as we proceed forward and go into the things that God has for us. And so I, I also want to say that the most revealing thing about you as a local church, the most revealing thing about you as individuals in your local church is what you say and what you left unsaid about Jesus Christ. The most revealing thing about us as God's people is in our beliefs and our understanding and revelation of who Jesus Christ really is. And I think right now there is a season for the church to step up again and present this message of Christ 
and to live out this revelation of who Jesus is. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that this morning because I do believe the understanding, the revelation of Christ. I'm a a huge believer that our Christology, our revelation of Jesus determines our missiology, our mission here on earth. And our mission determines our ecclesiology, which is our church. So our revelation of Jesus determines our mission as his church and our mission determines the church. And friends, if we be honest, some of what we're seeing right now is maybe that hasn't been true. Maybe our church has determined the mission or maybe our understanding. Right now, people are trying to find their way. And I want to talk about what isn't changing, what doesn't change. There are changes and things need to change. And we have this constant change happening in life and even following Jesus. But I've got to say there are some things that are not changing that shouldn't change. And if we get this revelation and and if we contend for this, we will live well and bold in a season like this. We we will be and stay the course and, and, and reveal Christ to this world, to South Africa, to the world. Because people aren't looking for a great church. They're looking for Jesus Christ. And it needs to be reflected through us, His body, His church. And so there's a challenge for us. What doesn't change is what I want to share with you. And I trust it will be helpful. Let's read Hebrews chapter 13. And just for time's sake, I'm going to pick up in verse 5. Hebrews 13 verse 5. It says, Keep your eyes free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Because God has said, Never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forevermore. And here's what I want to say. I love this verse. Because what it does is it showcases this vital yet probably often overlooked doctrine that we understand about the immutability of Jesus Christ. In other words, the unchanging nature of Jesus Christ. Now, friends, I know that we know this, but I'm asking, is this the revelation we're catching again today? Because this determines so much of how we can have some consistency as things begin to change, as the unknowns out there, as the uncertainties amongst us, and this consistently changing thing that's happening. What is certain? What doesn't change? It's very difficult to adapt in change if we don't know what's not changing. And so I want to say what we've got to come back to this, the revelation of Jesus Christ. Christ Jesus is the same yesterday. He's the same today. And is the same forevermore, which gives us, there's some ramifications for us in this, of which I'd like to highlight in this. It's, in simple terms, this immutability of Christ simply means that Jesus has never changed. He can never change, and He will never change. He is, by His very nature, unchangeable, meaning that He is as powerful today as He's ever been. He is as loving today as He's ever been. He is as merciful. He is as full of grace. He is as holy and he's as much control in control today as he's ever been, even in lockdown, even in COVID-19, coronavirus and all that we're facing. And this is one of the essential doctrines of our faith that I believe is needed to be highlighted again and again in the good and in the bad, in times that we know what we're doing and other times that we don't know what we're doing. This revelation, this truth, this doctrine is essential because I tell you why, friends, Because change implies imperfection. In other words, 
If Jesus needed to change or did change, he would cease to be perfect, which means he had ceased to be God, which means we have no future. There is nothing for us. But here's the good news. Jesus Christ doesn't change because he is perfect and because he is God. Therefore, he can never change. In Revelation chapter 1, in verse 8, it says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, and who is to come, says the Almighty. So Jesus Christ, friends, is absolutely unchangeable. And that we need to understand in a season and a time like this, everything that changes is changing, but Jesus Christ will never change. You see, I love what A.W. Tozer said. He said that too many professed believers talk as if Christ was real, and then they act like he wasn't. They talk about Jesus being real, but they act, their lives show that he's not. And this is a time not to just talk, but to show in everything we're involved in that Jesus Christ is real, that he is alive, that he is well, and that he's unchanging in this. And so Jesus will never change in regard to some things. And I want to highlight a few of those with us today. And I trust they'll stir us not to just hang on, but to be bold in this season and to walk out with faith and conviction the things God's called us to as His people in this time and season, regardless of the lockdown, the shutdown, the unknowns, this we can know for sure. And we've got to get, live our lives this way and demonstrate to this world who's freaking out right now what it means to be followers of Jesus Christ. So Jesus will never change, number one, in His position. His position position does not change. Hebrews chapter 1, in verse 1, it says this. It says, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed heir over all things and through whom He made the universe. The Son, speaking of Jesus, verse 3 of Hebrews chapter 1, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and that exact representation of His being, sustaining all all things by his powerful word, word. And after he had provided purification for our sins, he sat down at the, at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. You know, there is conclusiveness about this statement. What does it mean, friends, to say he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven? Well, I want to say, number one, it means confirmation. He is who he says he is. We can, we can live and lead and speak and have conviction of this truth. Jesus confirmed He is who He says He is because of where He's seated today. Because no one else has sat down at the right hand of the majesty of Him. I, I love the... the, uh, the, the, the uh, uh, sorry, let me say, I love the I am's of Jesus. I love where Jesus declares, I am the, uh, the, the way, the truth, and life. I am the resurrection. I am, I am. Those are statements of fact. They're not intentions he hopes for. He's not hoping that we would trust him because in our, our, our belief that makes him that. He's that already. These things he claims he is, he is that. And it's our response to believe that and respond to that. But even if people choose not to, it doesn't change the fact he is those things. And he's proven it by the place where he's seated today. He's confirmed he is who he says he is. Another thing about this positioning and what we've just read about this conclusiveness in Hebrews chapter 1 is that he has completed his work. To sit down means that his work is finished. To sit at the Father's side is to declare that his earthly mission is successful and complete. He's finished his earthly mission. It's unchanging even in lockdown and in coronavirus. The earthly mission of Christ is finished 
And not only is it finished, it's successful. And that's why he's seated where he's seated today. And so my point to you and I, friends, is this. His position is unchanging. He doesn't change in his position. His earthly mission is done. It means he's conquered. His enemy has been conquered. He's won the battle. Jesus did not escape from death. He conquered it and opened the way to heaven for all who dare to believe. And so I love this picture that Jesus sits while, while Satan roams. The devil roams to and fro to try and mess up the things that God's done. But Jesus sits in absolute control and he's at total peace in the finished work. It's done. It's finished. And Jesus is confident in his victory. While Satan works furiously in vain attempt to oppose and prevent the, the eternal plans of God. I do believe, friends, that victory is in Christianity should be a, a be normal, but it's become an abnormal. To live in victory and to find victory is become an abnormal, but it's not an abnormal. It should be a normal. It should be a, a reality of what it means. Doesn't mean we don't have difficult times, but we should be a people who live in victory. Why? Because of what Jesus Christ has done. Also, he's been crowned Lord of all. He's above all. Uh, by the fact that he, he sat down, there's, there's this, I'm above all, I'm being crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He sits at the Father's right hand and he exerts his power over all creation in accordance with the Father's will and desire. This is not inactivity. He is ruling. And I know it's hard to see perhaps even in a time like this, is God really in control? Is Jesus really ruling? But the Bible says he is, friends. And so we have to choose to believe that that doesn't change. His position doesn't change. And he's in full control of all things. Can I remind you that when Jesus comes back and he is coming back, and I believe it's soon. And if I'm wrong, it doesn't matter. But if I'm right, it does matter a lot. And we better be ready. But when he does come back, the Bible's very clear. He's not coming back as the lamb to the slaughter. He's coming back, the Bible says in the book of Revelation, as this triumphant king. He's coming back as, as the righteous judge and he's coming back as the loving bridegroom. So the point is in all of this that Jesus Christ cannot change, does not change. He's the same yesterday, today and forevermore in regard to his position. And let that give you confidence today that even in this lockdown, even the uncertainty, the certainty we have is he does not change in his position. The second thing is he doesn't change in his power. In Matthew chapter 28, it says, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Jesus was given all authority, heaven and earth, it belongs to him. Somewhere God gave him this authority. And I want to say to you this today, God's never taken that away. He has all authority. Please understand that he has all power and it doesn't change. It cannot change. It will not change. And that's helpful for us as God's people that in a time and a season like this, Jesus is in control and he's got all authority and it belongs to him. And that'll never change. Jesus has been given power. The word power comes from the Greek word exousia. And we get our word exude from this word. This word literally means power of choice. Jesus has been given the power of choice. Liberty of doing as he pleases. That's basically what it's saying. It also means physical and mental power. The ability or strength with which one is endued, which is he either possesses or exercises. So he's got that authority, that power, and still that hasn't changed. It's the power of authority as well, of influence and the right of privilege. Jesus has been given that, still has that, even in this time and in this season. He has the power of rule and government. The power of him who, whose will and commands must be submitted to by others and obeyed. He has been given that. He still has that. And it's never been taken away. This universally and it's this authority over all mankind, friends. And so simply stated, Jesus 
is still all-powerful and he's still Lord over all. Notice that he had been given it somewhere and it's never been taken back. God the Father gave Jesus his power and authority and that this gift was ongoing power into the future. In other words, let me simplify it again. It is God's will that Jesus possess all power in heaven and on earth and nothing can change that fact. Not even a season like this that we're in. He still has all power. He has creative power. Uh, John chapter 1 verse 3. Colossians chapter 1. He, uh, verse 16 and 70. Jesus is the agent of creation. It's the same power that is working in and around us. Ephesians 3 verse 20. Now to him who is able to immeasurably more than we can ima- ask or imagine. According to his power that is, in work with, that is at work within us. It's that power that we're talking about. This creative power. And that is why we can say with all assurance that Jesus is able even in a season and time like this. His redemptive power. He carries that friends. And Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith according to Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 and he will never lose his saving power and what a time for God to save people in South Africa in Johannesburg, uh, KZN in Durban in the world in America there's this global uh, awakening and an openness for the gospel the true gospel and what a time for Jesus to save because he still has that saving power and it'll never be taken from me also a protective power and I know it's important for us but Jesus is still the good shepherd friends now John 10, 11 tells us, and he will, sh- he will care for his sheep until they arrive safely home. I believe that. Hebrews 13, 5. Psalm 23 talks about the Lord promises to care for his sheep in every conceivable manner, even in lockdown and that. And so I want to say to you, he cha- never changes in his power. Thirdly, he never changes in his purpose and plan. And, and maybe this is the one we need to highlight for a moment in the church today. It's like we've lost our way. It's almost like we're throwing our hands up in the air and say, we've never been this way before. We don't know what we're supposed to do. Here's the thing, friends. We know what we've been called to. Nothing changes, even in lockdown, shutdown, opening, gathering, not gathering. The call of God does not change. It cannot change. The purposes and the plans of God are absolutely on board. God knows exactly what he's doing. Jesus hasn't mixed it up, changed it up because of coronavirus. What I do believe is that some of the ways we've been doing things need to be adjusted, but the plans and the purposes of God are not on pause while we get through this coronavirus lockdown. What God's doing is he's working behind the scenes. He's fixing the church. He's getting us back on what he's doing, and he's getting us to look at the things we've been giving our lives to and say, is it what God's called us to? If it's not, let's shift But nothing's on pause and the plans and the purposes of God do not change, must not change, have not changed because we don't and maybe we've never been this way before, but we know what we've been called to. And there's a big difference. I think we need to hear that because the church at times, and I'm talking to leaders all over the world, and they're kind of losing their way. What are we supposed to do? Stick to the plan of God. The purpose and the plan of God does not and will not change. And Isaiah chapter 46, it says in verse 8 to 11, remember this. Keep it to mind and take it to heart. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Verse 10 of Isaiah 46. He says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand and I will do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey. From a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. And this is what I love. What I have said. This is God speaking. What I have said, 
that will I bring about. What I have planned, that will I do. So our plans, perhaps, our strategies, perhaps, are changing. But the purpose and the plans of God do not, cannot, and will not change because of the very nature of Jesus Christ. He's unchanging in regards to His plans and His purposes. Please heed to this, my friends. Don't lose your way in this season. Don't throw it all out. Don't go in a different direction. Stick to the plan and the purposes of God. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Now, we've never been this way, but we know where we go. Jeremiah 29, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you, to give you a hope. The plans God has. Not your plans, my plans, the church's plans. God's plans are not on pause. They're not changing because of what we're going through right now. And so God's plans and purposes are not on pause. Again, I know you're hearing me say this, but I've got to keep saying, until we get through coronavirus and shutdown, the plans of God are not on pause. He's in full control. And let me tell you what he's doing globally is so exciting. It's such a cool time to be alive, even through the challenges. But his plans and purposes haven't changed for Harvest Church, for you as individuals, for you as a local church. Maybe he's shifting some of the focus. Maybe he's shifting some of the ways. But he's not changing the what. And if you're changing the what, you're going to lose your way in this time. We had some prophetic words coming. And, and this is some of the things that came in this corona shutdown. That says, while many say chaos, the Lord says convergence. He's, he said we to keep our focus on Him and what He is doing in this time and season. And it's a sobering time and the Lord wants us to open our eyes and to stay in faith and connect with what He's doing. Not what we're doing, not our plans, His plans and connect with what He's doing. We may be in shutdown with coronavirus but God says, don't be in a spiritual shutdown. And this is a time for the church to shine. Isaiah chapter 60, arise and shine for the time has come. The light has come. And again, friends, I, I, I want to just, this, this is such an important point for us because I'm watching the church kind of lose their way. Don't lose your way. The plans and the purpose of God have not changed, will not change. And when we come out of this, we've got to keep on moving into what God has. And whatever the next thing that lies ahead, the plans and the purposes of God will not change. There's an aftermath for the church in this season. And that is going to be our finest hour if we stick to the plan, stick to what God's called us to do. Keep doing what He said, not what other churches are doing, what we want to do. Not our plans, our purposes. His plan and purpose. I think part of this, this, this shutdown is God getting us back on His plan, back on His purpose. But He ain't changing for us. We've got to change for Him. And I hope that makes sense into all that you're doing and what you're doing. Interesting how Paul... I'm sure locked down. He was locked down quite a lot for his belief, for what he's preaching. He was locked up in prison. He was under arrest and all these things. But he, interesting, in a lockdown, and the plans and the purposes of God still went out. He got to pen most of the New Testament of what we have today. He must have thought, what am I doing lockdown? But he got on with the plans and the purpose of God. And God had a plan for that. Persecution against the church in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8. God's promise or call was that we to evangelize the world, uh, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And the early church for the first seven chapters of the book of Acts did really well for their city region. But then God said, I'm going to allow persecution to come. And what was the reason for that? To get the gospel out. So God's purposes come even in lockdown or shutdown or persecution or just know this. The plans and the purposes of God are not on pause and there are things changing, but His purposes and plans so don't allow the present, don't allow this time to determine the future for you as a church. Allow the future to help you go through the season well and to understand 
what you're implementing is for the future, not for the now. Don't do what's best for now. Do what's best for the plans and the purposes that God has for you. Don't be pragmatic in this season. Uh, be led by a God. Let the revelation of God come. Don't be passive and hold back and wait to get out of Corona to get on with the things of God. In this season, in lockdown, go forward and uh, get on with what it is God's doing you while you can. Don't be impatient. I also am over this. I can't wait to get out of this. Um, come on, Lord, get away. Come on, Lord, why are you locking us up? Except I've gone now back to the timetable of heaven. What are you doing, God? Give me your heart for what you're doing so we can learn and be involved. Don't be pursuing the wrong things and live with personal revelation. The fourth thing, I'm going to land this in a moment, but is that, uh, is that God is unchanging in his promises. And this is one we love, but I want to highlight he doesn't change in his promises. When he says something, he means it. Jesus doesn't change his promises based on our performance or even based on circumstances. He's unchanging in what he has said. He will do, we just read, he will do all that he said he would do. And so I want to highlight that to you and I and say, look, friends, the promises of God are yes and amen. Now, now we can obviously change them and make them what we want them to be. Then they're no longer his promises. But what he has said are his promises and they're not changing. And we need to believe that certainly in two areas, I believe, in provision and in protection. And I'm sure right now many of us are wondering how we're going to have provision. How are we going to get through this? Many of our jobs, obviously here in the U.S., they've shut down everything too. And we're a long way off by opening things up. So what about our careers? What about our jobs? What about our income? And, and, I, and I, I just want to say I'm absolutely convinced while there might be difficult times for us, God is our provider, not your job, not your income, not what you can come up with. God is our provider. If we have no needs, God can't meet our needs. And so I do want to say you might not have what you want in this next season, but he will give you what you need. He is the promiser of our provision. And I do believe what a time for the church to see God provide. But secondly, he's our protector. And this coronavirus is real. I'm not trying to highlight it, overemphasize. I think it's blown out a bit. But it is real and people are getting sick. And in my country, lots of people are dying. In actual fact, my own son got this, my oldest son, which is very scary for us. But I want to just say the good thing in that is that a couple of days, I got a few guys to pray around the world and they prayed for him. And within a couple of days, he was much better. He was quarantined for seven days in his bedroom, which I think for him was, as a 20-year-old, is hectic. But uh, he was able to do that. Uh, and none of us got sick, which is a miracle when you understand how contagious this disease really is this virus and so he was in our house and none of us got it so again i just want to say it's real but god is our protector and we've got to trust not even through coronavirus through anything that god promises to protect us and he promises to provide for us and that doesn't change even in this onslaught and this virus and this lockdown and all the fear that's coming live in the promises of god that he will not change in his promises he doesn't change friends also in his personality i love this about jesus he is not moody he doesn't have good days and bad days. He's not caught off God. I can go to him anytime. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I love what A.W. Tozer said, In myself, nothing. In Christ, everything. Jesus will never change in his personality. So all these attributes that we can attribute to him from what the Bible says, they don't change. He is light. He is Lord. He is in control. All the things the Bible tells us, he still has them. He's still that. He's not moody. He doesn't have bad days. When we go to him, we know he doesn't change. And that's important to know in a season like this, that we can press into him and his personality is the same. His love, his light, his life, his Lord, and all that. And the last thing I want to say is this, that he does not change in his passion for two things. And what I want to mean, what I mean by that is, is his passion for us, his people. I, 
I don't know about you, but I've experienced such love from God in this season. The, 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 it's almost like the, 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 the eyes of Jesus looking over his bride right now, protecting her, helping her, maturing her. The Bible says that we are the bride of Christ and we to ready ourselves. Revelation 19 says that the bride has made herself ready. And I just want to say this, friend. I don't know what you're facing, but Jesus Christ loves you and his love for you doesn't change based on performance or how well you do in coronavirus or how strong you are or how weak you are, what job you have. You've got to hear this. His passion for you will never change regardless based on anything we do, but it's his love for you. And that's awesome. And the church needs to hear this in this time. But he's also passionate, not just for his church. He's passionate for those who don't know him. The lost, the people. The Bible says that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And I think right now, there is this passion that Jesus has like right now to use the moment to reach people that are unreached because he came for people. He came to reach the lost. So don't be so consumed as a church with our needs and our issues and getting through this. There's a whole lot of people. There's a whole country. There's a whole city. There's a whole nation and the nations out there that are longing to hear about this good news. And Jesus is passionate about the lost as he is passionate about his church. He loves his church and he's coming back for his church that he loves and he's laid down his life for you and I. So I trust that gives you faith and strength in this time and season. So here's how I want to say, please respond like this. Number one, stay close to who? To God. Stay close to God. Connect with God. Press in. Grow in revelation of who Jesus is. Get this revelation and stay close to God. Also stay close to your leaders. If I can encourage you, don't be backfooted and don't be distant and don't be disconnected. Press in with your leaders, friends, because never been a time for the church to converge and come out of the stronger by being connected. Not only connected to your leaders, stay close to each other. Reach out to people and let's not be isolated. This whole virus and the, the response is to keep us isolated, but we've got to work hard at keeping people connected. So stay close to God, to your leaders and to each other. Number two, stay in the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Don't wait for the next preach to get some revelation, or the next podcast, or the next uh, Sunday meeting. I love your leaders. They're good guys, and I love what they're preaching. But get revelation for yourself. Get in amongst the Word of God, and saturate yourself in God's Word. Feast on the Scriptures. Daily fruitful promise. Satan's greatest weapon, A.W. Tozer says, Satan's greatest weapon is man's ignorance of God's word. And I think that's true right now. Stay saturated in his presence. Walk in spirit. Keep in step with the spirit. Step with him. Don't just do what others are doing. Don't react to what others are doing. Keep in step with him. Saturated in his presence. Thirdly, stay alert. Stay alert. What do I mean? Where is God? Where are we? God's not coming to where we are. We need to be where God is. So where's God? Let's get on board. Stay alert. Where God is, that's where we want to be. And the last thing I want to say is stay away from who? Stay away from distractions. Even now, distractions setting in. And I want to tell you, the devil desires to destroy us, but he's only been given the power to distract us. So how do you think he destroys us? Well, I want to suggest through distraction. So in this time and season, stay away from distraction, stay away from division, and stay away from those who doubt. Because right now, we're not looking for doubters to fill our minds. We need to be filling ourselves with the word of God, not to make it through. We're not called to make it through the season. We're called to thrive through this. We're called to lead and to influence people. And, and I trust that's true for you, friends. But I really want to say, Jesus Christ never changes. And if that's true, it has ramifications in many things that I've shared, but many other things. But this is our finest hour. This is a moment for the church to shine and arise and shine 
but it's not going to be based on a feeling or based on revelation that others carry. It's been our revelation of the unchanging nature of Jesus. The most revealing thing about you as a church, Harvest Church, is what you say or don't say about Jesus. The most revealing thing about you as a church is your revelation of Jesus. And I trust that these truths will inspire you and I to stay the course. I trust God bless you in this season. I long to see you. I was supposed to be with you this year. Maybe next year, God willing, if we can work that out. But I want to say God bless you. Thank you for the opportunity. Stay safe. Stay sane. And understand in all this changing, Jesus Christ will not change. So what a time to be alive and to be strong in the Lord. God bless you. Take care.